Thank you, Pastor John, for leading us there in prayer and for the worship team for leading us in worship. Uh, In the midst of this time, it's good to know that we can come back here, be it online, we can still come back and encourage one another. We can still worship uh, in this way. And so it's wonderful being together, wherever you may be or when you might be watching this, it's good to be together and I pray that you'll be encouraged by it. Well, we've been doing a series called Jesus the Game Changer to the Ends of the Earth and we've been exploring the heroic stories of Jesus' followers who have risked everything as they've ventured out to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's a reality and it is this, the call to be a disciple, to be a Christ follower is a call to step out of your comfort zone in order for us to live for Jesus, to share the good news with those around us, either in, in word or, or deed, it takes some faith, it takes risk, it causes us to step out of our comfort zone. The comfort zone can be defined as that behavioural space, that is our routines and our activities that we use to minimise stress and risk. It's a way for us to form a sense of control, We decide a boundary and decide that within this space we will feel a certain way. We all have a comfort zone and it's a place that is stress-free. Yet as followers of Jesus, we are often called to step out of this place of comfort. I've discovered this in my own journey of faith. And as I was thinking this through, I was reminded of a a short-term missions trip that I was a part of that went to Sri Lanka probably one of the most challenging trips I have done in my, uh, in my life. However, it came about uh, in an interesting fashion. I can remember being at Bible college, I was about 20 years of age when this occurred, and someone came and approached me and simply said, oh, there's a team leaving in two or three weeks, they're going to Sri Lanka, and they need one more member and it needs to be a male to get the balance right. And they just put it to me, they said, I think you should go. And I can remember looking at them and laughing. I'm thinking, yeah, right, two or three weeks? I hadn't even thought about this. How am I going to go? How am I going to raise $3,000 to go on this trip, let alone you know, get all the training in place? I can remember walking away from that conversation laughing. And somehow I shared that conversation with someone who just turned around and said, well, I'm happy to sponsor you for the entire trip if you want to go. And so I had no excuse anymore. The financial excuse was gone. And so I guess I said, all right, Lord, I guess I'll go. And in an instant, what felt like an instant, I was on an aeroplane travelling to a place I had never been and was challenged in ways I have never been challenged. It definitely stretched me and took me out of my comfort zone, but it was in that place I also saw God work in ways I would never have seen if I had stayed home. And I also saw God challenge and stretch me in ways that would never have occurred if I had stayed home. I also think of our church community here, Roval Baptist Church. A number of decades ago, a group of people who went to Dandenong Baptist felt God calling them to plant a church in Roval. At the time, Roval was just a number of paddocks. There were cows, probably more cows than people. There wasn't one church of any denomination, of any tradition planted in Roval at that time, but a number of people said and felt God calling them out of their comfort zone to go and to plant a church, to step out of a a building that was established at that time 
And to start meeting in a local community, a centre and a kinder, number of people coming together, stepping out of their comfort zone because they believe God called them to plant a church here. They also stepped out and purchased some land. This block of land right here, they purchased this site, believing that God had a special purpose for this place. So for all of you who have attended and have been on site, we are all blessed by the faith of those who have gone before us. We are blessed by those who stepped out of their comfort zone and followed God's calling to plant a church here in Roeville. In a similar fashion, history has seen many men and women step out of their comfort zone to go and to share the gospel, to share the good news. They've moved out across the globe They moved out across the street. You see, God's message is shared and his kingdom grows as his people step out of their comfort zone. It's not easy, but God works as we do. Today, we're going to continue looking at this idea of going to the ends of the earth and the very theme for today is titled To the Ends of the Earth, looking at mission in the 21st century. See, the story of the gospel going to the ends of the earth is one that is full of people who have ventured out into uncharted territory. Ordinary people, full of faith, willing to step out of their comfort zones. We all set boundaries, don't we, in our lives. We all set limits on ourselves. Yet we all have the capacity to step out of our own self-imposed boundaries. The question is, are we open to it? As followers of Jesus, are we willing to let go of the idols of being stress-free and risk-free? Are we willing to let go of these to step out and to witness to those around us, to partake in something that is far greater than ourselves, to be involved in God's story, to share his good news. To do so, we need to be willing to step out of our own comfort zones, that's for sure. As we look at Acts 1.8, which is where we started, and I'd like to read this again. Acts 1, chapter eight, sorry, Acts 1, verse 8, we read, But you will receive power, says Jesus, when he was speaking these words to his his disciples, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. These are famous words. These are uh, this account, this is a famous account of when Jesus shared his last words with his disciples and as he ascends to the Father's side. And then the promise also given that Jesus would return. And we, as followers of, of, of Jesus today, are still in this place in between. In between Jesus returning to the Father's side and between the promise of his return And it's in this place where we still hold on to the words of Jesus Christ to go and to be his witnesses. 
to go and to share the good news with all those who will hear. Now in this story, as these disciples receive this commandment, this commissioning, they then go to the upper room, we learn. We, we read that the remaining disciples and many, many others, up to 120 other followers of Jesus, were together in Jerusalem as they were waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And think for a moment, as these disciples are waiting, some would have been more than happy to wait. They'd been given this, this great commission, this, this great call to go now and to be witnesses and to share the good news, but they were told to wait until the Holy Spirit comes and, and many of them would have thought, oh good. <laughs> many of them maybe were nervous and, and enjoyed that extra time just to pause and to be still. But perhaps for others, the waiting would have driven them mad. They were ready to go. They were excited. They wanted to go and share the good news. But they were called to be still and to wait on God. Or called. This would have put them, this call would have put them out of their comfort zone. I'm sure they wanted to go. But they waited. They waited for the crucial component to this mission that they had been given. And as they were waiting, we, we don't know. These are all assumptions, but as they were waiting, I wonder what they discussed. I'm sure they talked about what it would mean to be his witnesses. Jesus has just given them this call. I'm sure they left going, okay, let's, let's go. Let's wait for the Holy Spirit. But what, what is this going to look like? What does this mean? Where will we go? How will we share this good news? I'm sure these were the discussions they were having in this waiting I wonder where the ends of the earth were for them. It's been said, it's been said that in their, in their day, the ends of the earth was most likely considered to be Spain. And so we read, and as we see, as the Holy Spirit comes, the disciples go and they start to share the good news and this good news starts to move out to the furthest known places. It's interesting too, if you read the book of Acts closely, there's an open-endedness to the book of Acts. We don't finish the book of Acts feeling like this is finished, this mission is complete. No, if anything, it finishes and if it was a movie and the credits were about to come, there would be this to be continued that would flash upon the screen. For the disciples that were yet to come were still to continue this calling and this mission. This is not the end of the story in the book of Acts. God's people would continue from that point on. And so the story continues. And disciples, beyond those recorded in the Bible, we know historically, would go out and keep sharing the good news. There's an interesting story about St. Patrick in the, the 5th century. He was born just after 400 AD. He was born on the island of Britain, most likely in southern Wales. And as a young man, the Roman Empire was starting to collapse. And at the age of 16, he is captured and taken across the sea to Ireland and he is forced into slavery. In Roman times, Ireland was literally considered the ends of the earth. It was known as the land of the setting sun and it was believed to be a flat earth 
and quite literally believed to be the edge of the earth. The earth dropped off just beyond Ireland. So it was believed. In his slavery, we find St. Patrick devoting himself to God. And this leads to a dramatic escape and he goes back home. He takes a perilous boat journey and finds himself back at home soil where he spends 20 years serving God there. But God calls him back to the place that he was enslaved. He goes back to share the good news in that place. And he writes these words. We have a recording of what he wrote Towards the end of his life there, sharing the good news, he writes, Now the gospel has been preached to the ends of the earth, to the place beyond which no one lives. So to St. Pat, he thought he had gone to the very end, to the very edge, and that the gospel had now been proclaimed to the whole world. But we know now that he was not quite right. The story continued for him, but it continues in us. So the question in the midst of this then is where are the ends of the earth for us today? It seems to be changing and expanding and we have a whole new landscape today. St. Patrick never had the privilege of Google Maps but you and I right now, you can go on your phone or on your computer and you can go using Google Maps, you can go and look at any part of the world using satellite images. You can even go and take a little, uh, look, look at uh, cities and, and how they're laid out. You can, almost, you can do virtual tours. You can do the, I love that, the, the, the device on Google Maps where you drop the little person on a street and you get street view. Yeah. You can literally go to other parts in the world and get street view and, and take a little virtual tour of other parts of the world without even leaving your home. Maybe that's a way for us to travel these days as we're locked down. Maybe you can go do a virtual tour. Who knows? These are the days we live in. I've actually been looking recently at at getting solar panels put on our home. And um, while I was on the phone with the sales rep, they're looking up Google Maps and we've been digging a big hole in the backyard for a, a water tank. And they literally said, they said, oh, I can see that you've been digging in your backyard. They're telling me this on the phone because they're looking at satellite images of my home that have recently been taken. And then, of course, they do that to be able to do their design and so forth. But this is the day we live in. They can just, with the click of a mouse, see my home. With the click of a mouse, you can see every corner of our planet. We live in a whole new landscape. We're connected like never before. We have greater worldwide connection. Yet at the same time, an isolation we have never seen before. Also, as people isolate themselves and connect via these social media platforms whilst never actually sitting in the room with other people. So we live in such a a vastly different landscape today. So what does it mean for us to say to go to the ends of the earth? I know as I read that question myself, I can't help but think and have images in my mind of a, a person, being a man or a woman, and it's usually on their own. You know, they're, they're those heroic images and photos of the, the one stoic individual holding a Bible in one hand and like a, a suitcase or a backpack rucksack in the other, and then there's usually an image of them about to set out on this journey. 
We often see that image and, 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 and think of them setting out to the furthest corners of the planet. But the ends of the earth today are far more vast than that and far more different than that, than that simplistic notion. And so this is where we get personal. Because what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you and I as disciples of Jesus? Where are the ends of the earth today? Firstly, and we have a number of these we're going to go through. I'm going to unpack them a little and I hope you can take these and unpack them a bit more. Firstly, the end of the earth starts with across the street. It starts with the neighbours to the left and to the right or across from us, behind us, wherever they may be. Now, COVID has created wonderful opportunities. We've been locked in our homes more than ever before, but it creates opportunities just to, to get out in our yards because our neighbours are locked in also. I know I've been, uh, had this opportunity to get to know more of my neighbours along our street. As you know, you go take your exercise, you, you cross paths with them. We have these opportunities to get people, uh, to get to know people within our own streets more than ever before. You see, it starts at home. I often talk to people who, who are really eager to go on mission trips and travel to other sides, to other parts and other, to the other side of the planet. And I often ask, are you already sharing the good news? Are you already living out the gospel here? Because there's no point travelling to the other side of the world if you can't share the good news or share the love of Jesus with people across the street. It starts at home. What's also interesting in the world in which we live is that the whole world now, especially in the great metropolitan cities of our, of our time, the ends of the earth have come to us. Melbourne especially. We are blessed by many ethnic groups. Uh, the food that we get in Melbourne is absolutely amazing when you're allowed to go out to restaurants. But we are blessed by the diversity of so many cultures here in Melbourne. You don't have to go to other parts of the world. The world comes here. So we have this opportunity even in our own home city to reach out to people who've come from all parts of the world. And that's why another part, I guess, to this question, the end of the earth is also across the cultural divide. And this doesn't just mean now travelling to other parts of the world. Our community is a place full of differences, full of people and, and, and different diversity. We have all different ethnic people, but we also have such things as generational divide now. Or family differences, differences in value systems and norms. We have this opportunity to reach out to people who are different than us and our comfort zone would tell us to not go there. It's too difficult. It's too hard. It's comfortable here. It's safer just to be involved in my own little world gospel encourages us, challenges us to step out beyond our comfort zone and to talk to people and to reach out people that we, not, we wouldn't normally do so. We also see this, the ends of the earth is also across the table. I want to bring this up but not spend too much time here because we spend a whole message on this. What I mean by across the table is simply this, we have this opportunity to share our faith as parents as mature adults in faith, we have the opportunity to share our faith with our, our kids, be it in our homes, within our church. 
We have this opportunity to pass on our faith to our kids and we can no longer assume that just because we believe that they will. The world in which our young people are growing up in now is far more challenging and more complex than any other generation. So one of the simplest things we can do is to be praying for, to be sharing our lives with our young people, showing them, living an example of what it means to live for Jesus. Here's another area, it's another aspect of the ends of the earth, the World Wide Web, and I've touched on this a little bit already with the internet enabling such things like Google Maps, but it is also done and creates many more opportunities. Last week, Pastor John spoke about uh, crossing the cultural divide and about the opportunities that are there. Well, the World Wide Web has created more opportunities than we can probably even realise today. One of the positive things out of COVID is it has actually forced the church to go online. Before COVID, there were many discussions among pastors and churches about whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. And then COVID happened and we were all forced to go there. Look at us now. You probably never imagined you'd be watching doing church from your lounge room like we are today. We thank God for the opportunity to be able to do at least this. It's not perfect, but it will do for the moment. And there have been other creative opportunities that have emerged in this time. Pastor Sam, who is the pastor of the Eastern Chinese Baptist Church that meet here at Roville Baptist Church also uh, on Sundays, we partner with them in many ways. They have English lessons that occur on a Tuesday. They used to meet here on site. They split up into rooms, into different groups and new immigrants would come and they would learn uh, basic English skills. It was a wonderful ministry. When COVID emerged and we all had to be isolated and we went online, their lessons went online. And before long they started to find this. People from China, family, friends and relatives of people here started to tune in wanting to learn English. And even to this day there are people who continue to take part in those English lessons from all over the world. I can remember Pastor Sam sharing this with me and he said, I could never have imagined this. And they've had the opportunity because they teach English English by reading the Bible as a part of what they do. They've been sharing the gospel with people far beyond what they could have ever imagined. Kenneth Cole also ran a, a workshop during COVID called Coffee Cup Conversations. We had a number of people join in on that, 20 to 30 people. We had people from all over Australia join in. We even had someone from the UK tuning in to that workshop that was being held here from an office at RBC. We could never have imagined such a thing. Today, Pastor Joseph, who is also a part of the Chinese congregation, uh, he is a part of BSF, Bible Study Fellowship. They run Bible study courses and they've now gone online. He works with international students at Monash and they've started Bible study fellowship, Bible studies online. Uh, And all of a sudden, all these friends of those studying here have been tuning in too. So he also is running these Bible study groups and he's seeing people from China tuning in and being a part of this. Again, something he could never have imagined. So the end of the earth today is far closer than ever before. 
There are opportunities there to connect with people that we may never even get to see face to face or in person. Wonderful opportunities that are there. I heard an individual also share of their small group that meets weekly. And uh, one of the participants of their local small group moved overseas. And uh, during COVID, they've now continued to meet online as a small group. And these old family friends from overseas have continued to join in with them as a small group. They've continued to support one another and pray with one another. So in your own small groups, I wonder, there are opportunities like these. And I'm sure there are so many more than we can't and haven't yet imagined. How about also, where are the ends of the earth today? Cross the hard places. I guess this is a way to summarise those places in our communities where it is becoming harder to represent the good news. Two that come to mind, and Pastor John mentioned one of these last week also, is in our, in our universities and in our, in our schools. It's becoming increasingly harder to share and be a follower of Jesus Christ in these places. This is where they're often places where, where different ideas come together. But at the same time, Christianity seems to be dismissed all the more. These are places where there is cultural dismissal or even derision. Another place is in, is in the political arena. But more than ever, we need Christians. We need people with Christian values, people who were sold out for Jesus Christ to be witnesses in these places, as hard as it is. There's also the places where faith has been forgotten. We're in a time where we're now seeing what is called reverse mission. It's where the nations of the the West are now becoming increasingly more, more secular. And now places like South Korea and Africa that were once mission fields are now sending missionaries back to the West. South Korea is now the second largest sending nation of missionaries in the world. And Africa now sees the West as its mission field. Mission is everywhere. We see this shift in our own Australian culture. A culture that's proudly progressive. It seems to have moved beyond Christendom and doesn't see the need for faith or for Jesus Christ. And this is a challenge for us. But it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see our own land with fresh eyes. If we were all to pause for a moment, imagine for a moment that you came from a far off place and you landed on the shore of Australia and you wanted to present the gospel. I wonder how you would see this nation. I wonder what you would see. This is a challenge for us to see with missionary eyes. To not take things for granted, to not just assume that things will be the way way that they once were, no, but to pause, to take stock and to say, wait, how do we share the good news in Australia as our culture is changing, so our strategies need to shift and to change? There's been quite a bit of talk and writing in regards to the third place here in Australia. Now, third places are places where people gather outside of the workplace or outside of their home. So what's being discovered more and more is that people are seeing their homes as a safe place. 
If you look at the suburbs, we, we have homes that are fenced off, individually allotted. And so community is quite hard and quite rare in the suburbs. If anything, we intentionally divide ourselves from those around us. And so community doesn't often come naturally in our home. People retreat back home after a hard day at work. It's, their, it's a safe place to be. And work often isn't classified as a third, the third place because the workplace is a place you have to be. Yes, you might build some wonderful relationships there, but you didn't go there to find relationship. You went there to earn a pay packet. And wonderful relationships form there, but it's again a unique place. So the third place, third place is a place where people go, intentionally go, where they choose to go outside of the home or the workplace. Places like the local gym, places like community groups or or sports centres or your local football club. It could be mountain bike riding you know, with a group down at a local reserve. They're these places where people go to choose, they choose to give their time to, usually for recreation and for enjoyment. And what's being discovered is it's in these places where people are most ready to engage with, to build relationships and creates an opportunity to share the good news. This has been weighing on my mind and been something I've been prayerfully considering. I don't have answers yet, but I invite you to pray with me. How can we as a church not only invite people to us, but how can we go out to these places to build relationships with people? To go and be witnesses. We weren't invited to call people to us, we were called to go to them. How can we further do this? so that we can share the good news with those around us. I invite you to pray with me. Think this through. I'd love to hear your ideas. But as a community, I believe this is something we need to grapple with in the days to come. We also see this. Where are the ends of the earth today? This is usually the one we think of, we most readily think of, and that is across the globe. For there are still those who have not heard. There are still cultures who have not heard the gospel in their own native language. So this is still important work. God is still calling men and women to go and to share the good news to the furthest corners of the planet. And we still need people to go. I've shared all these different ways we can share the good news because of technology, because of technological advances. But none of that takes the place or substitutes a person being present and available. Even with technology, with memes, tweets and messages, these things can't hold a person's hand. These things can't sit or be present with someone in a moment of crisis or in a moment of celebration. There is power in being present, in being there. And so God is still calling for men and women to go. To go and share the good news, to love people and to be present with them. In Romans, we read these words. Romans chapter 10 from verse 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you were saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you love those words? There's a summary of the gospel message right there. For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, but how can they call How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. My prayer for you, if you don't know Jesus, is to call out on the name of the Lord and to be saved. There's also the challenge here. God calls us to go and to share his message. Maybe as you read this you feel the Holy Spirit inspiring you, calling you to go and to share the good news with those at the furthest corners of our world. The reality is we are all called. We are all equipped to be a disciple of Jesus is to love the lost and to share the good news. We are all called, we are all equipped. The question is, will you go? And that's often the question asked, will you go? And I pose it to you today, but I rephrase it slightly to will you go there? Because we're all called to go. Maybe we're called to a place Maybe we're called to a conversation. Maybe we're called to a neighbour. Maybe we're called to a family member. We're all called. Will you go there? Will you step out of your comfort zone? Do more than just receive the good news, to receive that love gives. Will you go beyond that and step out of your comfort zone and dare to share Jesus' love with those around you. Because it won't be easy. There are few who just have the natural gift to do this without question, without abandon, and they find it easy. But for the majority of us, it takes risk to step out and to have that conversation. It takes risk to step out and to go to places that we would never normally go. The disciples of Jesus and great missionaries of history all have one thing in common. They were ordinary people who simply made Jesus' last words to be his witnesses, their first priority. Filled with the Holy Spirit, they stepped out of their comfort zone. They devoted themselves to God. They had faith. They endured opposition. And they've been part of God's ongoing story of making all things new. I invite you, will you be a part of that too? What about you? Jesus calls all of us as his followers to go. It might be to your neighbour, it might be to the furthest corners of the planet, but will you go there? Will you go where God calls?
as we finish here today, this question calls us to come before God in a position of surrender. To say, yes, Lord, I'll go. I'll go wherever you call me. I love you and I will go and share your good news wherever you call. Be it across the street to my family or to the ends of the earth. Lord, I am yours. Here I am, use me. Pray for the Holy Spirit to be at work in your heart and in you right now. And as I pray, as you come before God, I challenge you, I call you, I invite you to simply call out and say, Lord, here I am. I'll go wherever you call, wherever that may be, not knowing, but I give myself to you. I'd like to play a song. I played it once before in this series, but it's a beautiful call. And in this time, I pray that as it, as it plays, that you can simply ask this question to yourself. Will I go there? Will I surrender myself to the call of God, wherever that may be? Jesus, to the end, to the end.
God calls, wherever that might be. I'd like to pray, and as we do, I want us to pray in a position of surrender. This might force you out of your comfort zone, wherever you might be, but that's okay. That's part of faith. As I pray, if everything within you just says yes, here I am, Lord. I'm your disciple. I love you. I want to be available to be used by you wherever you call. It could be at home. It could be to my neighbour. It could be to the very literal ends of the earth. If your spirit says yes, I want to encourage you to come to God in prayer. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you may be, to stop, to pause to sit or to stand, to simply place your hands out like this. It's a position of surrender. It's a position that says, Lord, I'm here and I'm yours. It might make you feel strange. It might cause you out of your comfort zone. So be it. God invites us and calls us to surrender ourselves before him. Do not be ashamed. Let's pray. So, Father, as we come, we position ourselves before you. We thank you for your love and for your grace for us. We thank you that we can say that we know you, that we have the privilege of being called your sons and your daughter. We thank you for who you are and for your amazing love for each one of us. We pray that this may inspire us, Lord, to share your good news with those around us. Lord, we know it's not easy, but you call us to go anyway. You call us to go with the promise that you are with us, with the promise that there will be opposition, but that you will see us through, that you will give us all that we need. So, Lord, I pray for each person here listening right now that they will know your very real presence of your Holy Spirit, that they will be bold enough, Father, to offer themselves to you right now. I pray that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit afresh and as they go into this day, they may go as bold witnesses for you. I pray also that you will give them the sensitive heart and a sensitive spirit, Lord, to your calling. You may already be placing people, places, situations, maybe even locations on the heart of those listening right now. Lord, I pray that they will have eyes 
to see and ears to hear your voice. Lord, we come as your people, saying, yes, here we are, Father, we are yours. We also ask that you would forgive us when we take our eyes off you and off the importance of sharing your good news and when your good news and your gospel becomes all about us. Forgive us, Lord, when we have turned your good news into our own selfish tool for our own benefit and ours alone. Forgive us, Father. May we be conduits, Father. May we receive your love and share it with those around us. May it flow through us as it did through Jesus Christ who came and offered his life on a cross, who conquered sin and death that we may know life. And so, Lord, we pray that those in our nation would come to know you, those in our city, those in our neighbourhood, and use us to share that good news, we pray. We offer ourselves in weakness, knowing that we cannot do this in and of our own strength, but only in yours. (laughs) And so we go, Lord, just being willing and available, knowing that you will use us, that you will do the rest. So we thank you and we give you praise. We pray all in Jesus' name and God's people say, Amen, Amen. Thank you for being with us here this morning. As you go, go as his witnesses. Share the good news and the love.